thanks again for watching. Fuck it. There's no, there's no words on it. motherfucking live episode 56 uh welcome everybody happy cinco de mayo uh, for everybody did you just say something cinco de mayo ohio cinco de mayo i thought it had an echo happy cinco de mayo um right off the bat welcome everybody free shit it's free so you want to win free shit like you all do i know you do thumbs up or in the chat if you've gotten free shit because by the way I sent all of it out. All of it's gone. Everyone who won free shit's got it or should have it soon. I'm proud of myself. Three cheers. Or even better. <laughs> in your mailbox. All should be there for everybody. Thumbs up if you got your shit. All right, Symbiote. Bruce Banner, Backcross, uh, Bruce Banner 2.0 to a bitch slap. Uh, let's go ahead and do the old-fashioned way. Email at the bottom of your screen, darkhorsegeneticslive at gmail.com. I will take three people this time. Well, I'll pick number 10. Caesar, give me a number. Uh, 17. 17, and we'll do 32. 32. So send an email with the subject line. What do I want it to be? Pick it, Caesar. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo, subject line number 10, number 17, number 32, I think is what I said. 32. There you go. Um, free shit. Right off the jump. I want to go directly to this shit because Caesar <laughs> actually said it to me, and we're going here right away. What the actual fuck did you just say to me right now? <laughs> <laughs> this is serious. Hold on. Since it's since it's uh, Caesar, uh, I gotta bring him in full screen. He said it, and it is Zaza. So we gotta talk about this real quick. What the fuck are you talking about? What is Zaza? You want me to explain it? Yeah, explain to the people what Zaza is now. Zaza's that loud. Zaza's that gas. Zaza is that exotic. Zaza is Hetty's uh, kind. Just the new evolving term that people keep giving fucking good weed. Fuck no. We're going Nana. Not Zaza, Nana. This is dumb. Zaza sounds like pizza or some shit and you're like a child and you want some zaza or I, I don't even know not with it but whoa whoa are you co-signing this are you endorsing the zaza because i'm anti-zaza for sure so that means you don't smoke zaza i'm no i smoke <laughs> fucking good weed good cannabis so that means you smoke zaza fuck that get the fuck out of here with your zaza all right real quick i figure i don't know how long this game might go but give me we're going to go back and forth and the first person that can't think of a name don't look at the fucking chat, cheater. Can't think of a name. 
uh, is going to lose. You have to put up one of your packs. You got a floor degrees? Oh, I mean, no, but I haven't. Well, all right, we'll give it up. If not, I'll do another symbiote. But all right, give me a name for cannabis. Runs. No, not a strain. Oh. Just a name. I'll, I'll start. Uh, grass. So add to that? Yeah, give me another name. What, any name until you can't think of something. Grass. Uh, literally anything? Yeah. There's a million names for weed. Give me a name for weed. This should be, this should go quick. Damn, off the top of my any Zaza. Oh fuck. <laughs> Zaza is your first one. Dope. Back to you. Uh again, just anything? Yeah, dude. You can't I'm gonna win this so easy. Um, I have to time you out. Don't, uh, don't look at chat. Um fuck, like a little oh, A shit. name for weed, anything. A name for weed. Say weed. No one said weed yet. Weed. Alright, Dro, back to you. You suck at this game. I don't know what you're trying to do. But Just keep saying uh, synonyms piff. for weed. Pip, pip. Oh, oh, okay. okay. Piff is not really a thing, but go ahead. What? Uh, you got another one? Dro isn't really a thing. Dro, hydro. Smoking that Dro. Crippy. All right, Crippy. Back to you. Oh, you too. Okay, slang terms for... Okay. Uh, gas. Loud. Uh, kind. Oh, God. I'm Sensi. Ganja. Dank. Mary Jane. Oh, uh, now I'm starting to run dry. Uh, um, beasters, nids, schwigs, brick. <laughs> now, now, <laughs> we're we're going going now we're going low. Now we're going low. All right, fuck it. We can't do this all night. Uh, 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 chronics, crons, crons, crondons on the show tonight. Crons. Uh, Aries. Aries. What the fuck? Don't ask. You me. lose. How do I lose? That's something that was fucking. Aries. It was weed that was grown in Arizona. That's what the fuck Aries. they called it. Aries. All right, fuck it. Stalemate. Um, I'll put up a pack of symbiote at the end of the show. This week could go forever, and I don't know if anyone's going to win or lose. Either way, Zaza is bullshit. Thumbs up in the chat if you think Zaza's dumb. Or uh, actually, let's we'll do ones and twos. Ones of you think Caesar's cool with his dumb lingo Zaza. It's not my lingo. Yeah, but you like brought it into the equation. You brought but it you here. you mad late. Yeah, but it pisses me off. That's your problem. Super pisses me off. It's like Zaza. The fuck? I mean, we used to call shit Hedies. Hedies is a word. There's one. But he like Hedies was stupid. But Zaza, dude, that loud? That loud's stupid. But it, either way, I could do this all night. I'll just move the fuck on. Anyway, what in the actual fuck Zaza? Dude. <laughs> Dumb. All right, moving on. So let's go to me and you, C's, and talk real quick. Uh, tonight on the show, we got Crondon, so we'll get to Crondon's interview. But uh, I wanted to ask you about the Skittles lawsuit. If you guys didn't see it, um, it's not exactly like, I don't know, it's been out for a few days, so this isn't breaking news. But Skittles, this is one of many lawsuits that are happening, but I'm sure you saw it. Turpogs is getting a cease and desist or something like that. Uh, uh, comments? Uh, I'd say that's kind of almost expected. It kind of happens when you name stuff after another company. It's happened already before. Like Hershey's is notorious for stuff like that. So Yeah, they got on us on the, was it? Lemon was Twizzler. Lemon Twizzler, they got on us, yeah. They got on, I mean, uh, Girl Gorilla Scouts Glue. of America. They yeah. got on Girl, uh, Gorilla Glue. So it's like, you're really asking for it just because, uh, you know, it's a hype name or it's cool to use it. I mean, you're kind of asking for, you know, trouble when, you know, you're naming stuff after somebody else's, you know. Particularly candy, though, because, like, these guys don't want to their candy to be 
like confused with THC products or what they would call drug products. So it was just like, I don't know, candy was a really bad idea. They're going to seriously defend their brand or their image or their likeness when you try to use a cannabis product and it's candy. But uh, I don't know. I like the Skittles guys. I like the Turbox guys. I've been there. I know that pain. But as far as I know, I think they stopped. They saw it coming too. So they stopped. Call, they started calling it the Z. It's been called the Z for like three years officially by them. I think, even their, whatever. The, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know the details. We'll have to get them on and ask them the details once they get through it. But yeah, um, that's some. That's some heat. You got to be hot if you could take over an entire letter, and everybody knows that that's the fire. <laughs> you got to be hot. Uh, let me ask you about uh, this. I don't know if anybody saw this, but uh, Oklahoma suspended the state's cannabis seed to sale uh, requirement. A judge uh, suspended the six. They put a sixty-day suspension on it, basically kicking metric out. And uh, somebody sued, and essentially somebody in Tulsa, Dr. Z Leaf, sued in Tulsa, filed a lawsuit to stop the state from implementing implementing seed to sale program that required businesses to plug into Florida's metric-based tracking platform. It's one hundred percent a monopoly. And these guys said they would rather use a different system, and the judge did a suspension. But I don't know what that means. So as of right now, does that mean Oklahoma, like, stop doing manifests, stop doing transfers, stop using plant tags, bring plants in, out, whatever, like... It's like 215 again. I think they just went wild, yeah, 2014 <laughs> style, so... No, like, Prop 215. Oh, Prop 215? Yeah, yeah like or... Prop 215. Yeah, or, say, even, like, 2007 or 8 or 10 or something, and, yeah, up to 2010... In Colorado, that was sort of how things went. There was no tracking system at all. But, uh, yeah, pretty fucking crazy. I kind of like it, though. i tell you the truth. I've been, you know, we have to pay $40 per license to metric. Even if you don't even use the license, you still got to pay $40 to keep the license active. So we have four in Denver that need to be metric. So that's like 160 a month that we pay every time, no matter what, every month. And it's kind of annoying because you have to do it. But Oklahoma stood up and said, Fuck no. Um, anyway, last thing real quick. We'll mention George Young. Not a huge cocaine guy. Matter of fact, I've never done it, and I don't really like it. <laughs> but uh, the movie Blow was cool. And uh, I met George Young. He spent a lot of times at Cannabis Cups. I uh, recently doing book signings, and he showed up at Emerald Cup a couple times. And anyway, George Young passed away. Rest in peace, George Young. Crazy, crazy life. So even if you're not a coke guy, which, again, I'm not, but uh, crazy, crazy life story. Like crazy life story. Um, so yeah, rest in peace, George Young. I got to meet the guy. He was nice to me. And um, anyway, any comments on old George Young? You seen you seen Blow? Caesar's not a movie guy. Have you seen the movie Blow? Don't say no. You're gonna say no, aren't you? I've seen pieces of it. I've seen pieces. I've seen pieces. Okay. Um, yeah. With that said. I think we'll go to Crondon. This is an interview that I really wanted to do. Um, I really respect this dude. He grows super fire chronic. If you don't know who it is, follow this guy on Instagram. And he his pictures are on such a high quality level that he's almost like a good like a pro photographer. But at the same time, he grows super fire dank. At least visually, I got to be honest. I never smoked his weed, but I'm I'm influenced from afar watching this man work. And uh, with that said, let's bring in Crondon and uh, do the thing. I'm here, everybody, with Mr. Cron Don. Cron Don grows on Instagram. Thanks for coming on the program, bro. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Um, so you've, uh, I, I honestly, I don't know you, man. You've been a inspiration from afar. I watch your IG. I've seen your plants. I've seen your pictures. You've got to be one of the best growers I've ever seen through video, through pictures. So um, yeah, I'm just really excited to have you on. 
But first things first, we always ask everybody to start in the very beginning. Can you tell us how you got into cannabis? Do you remember the first time you smoked? And then furthermore, the first time you grew? Yeah, I mean, the first time I smoked was, you know, after high school, did not have a very enjoyable experience. So uh, kind of stayed away from it for a little bit. I was also working at Discount Tire at the time, and they did random drug tests, and I did not want to lose my job or get in trouble by my parents, so I kind of just didn't do too much there in high school. Um, but then when I was like 20, 21, um, after a couple of injuries, just was introduced to cannabis differently. Like rather than being a party drug, I was introduced as you know a medicine and how to help with things. Uh, started using it off and on. I had to be careful because of uh, drug testing with the job I worked at, but uh, ended up getting injured and had surgery, and uh, cannabis really helped me recover through, uh, you know, dealing with the pain and dealing with recovery from surgery, so <clears throat> I started using it a little bit more and then started looking into growing it myself. Uh, popped a few seeds that I found in some nugs. I bought a 400-watt shop light off Craigslist, uh, dismantled it a bit built kind of a custom hood for it and set it up in the corner of my spare bedroom and not to date you it. too much but uh, what kind of time frame are we talking about what year roughly was it when you sort of started this is 2009 probably 10 okay okay um you met, so do you recall the first strain that you grew like that wasn't bag seed when you kind of started getting serious yeah, I actually got pretty lucky. I met a few local growers, and a uh, real good friend of mine got some clones from California, so I started growing Tower Diesel, Redwood Kush, Larry, um, Scott's OG, Chem D, just a bunch of really good strains back in the day. So I started off with some pretty good strains, honestly. Sure. Um, started going from there. I started buying seeds regularly, started hoarding seeds, and then collecting clones, trading clones, and kind of building a stock from there. You're uh, Arizona-based, correct? Or is it New Mexico? Arizona. Arizona-based. Okay. Um, talk, talk to me a little bit about getting into the industry, because that's sort of where I picked up on you, is you were running a large-scale facility and uh, had probably some of the best plants I've ever seen in a large-scale facility. So uh, how, did, how did you get into the industry? Um. Well, I was managing a discount tire and decided that it was time for me to go all in. I mean, I fell in love with growing cannabis, fell in love with helping people not only grow their own medicine, but helping people realize cannabis as a medicine and heal themselves. So I uh, kind of went all in. I quit my job, cast out my 401k, and my wife and I had traveled for a bit, and then we got some property off-grid up in northern Arizona. I started growing for a bit. And then uh, I just applied for a job at uh, High Mountain Health, which is a dispensary in Flagstaff, Arizona, and uh, started working there. Was there for two or three years, oh, shit, probably like four years. But uh, while I was there, I started the Instagram page just because we didn't have much marketing going for our dispensary and uh, got a picture reposted in High Times and then posted in High Times Magazine and that kind of just took off a little bit there. And then, um, and I got reached out by a few different companies to come work for them. And uh, this company in Phoenix reached out to me, and I moved back down to Phoenix and started building uh, Genesis, that company that I was working for. Gotcha. 
I noticed um, High Times had named you one of the most hundred influential people in cannabis. You want to speak on that a little bit? How did that come to be? I, they really didn't talk to me much. They just asked me if it was cool to post some content in their magazine and social media. And I was like, yeah, cool. And then one day, one of my growers came up to me with a magazine and was like, holy shit, dude, you're in fucking high times. <laughs> I was like, what? And he showed me the picture. It was in there and they wrote a little thing. And that was it. I never did an interview or talked to anybody at high times. <laughs> Caesar could attest to this. That's sort of how they roll sometimes. So like, they just write an article and you don't even tell you you're about to be, like win an award or appear on the cover or be, you know, get something significant happens. But yeah, that sounds, sounds very authentic to high times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, was, it was fun. It was interesting. You know, it got me some attention and then uh, just led to some good connections and stuff. So it was good. Let's talk like specifics at that grow because I saw you kick ass there, dude. And uh, I'll give credit to the owners of the grow for obviously putting their money into it and building a beautiful facility and all. But um, I saw you use almost every kind of light. I saw you use the current culture buckets. I saw you grow soil, hydro, rock wall. I saw you do everything. Um, talk, let's just talk specifics. Like what, what kind of lights did you use in that facility? Um, and if, if any people don't know, Cron, Cron, Cron Don grows at Instagram.com. I believe you still have plenty of pictures up so you can kind of see some of the pictures we're talking about. I'll show some on screen here for folks, but, uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the lights, some of your tech that you use as much as you're willing to give away. Yeah. I mean, they were still using double ended HPS so nothing crazy there. Um, so we're using thousand watt Portalux. And uh, yeah, current culture was new to me. So I was growing in soil, uh, soil mixes, and then cocoa for a long time. And then the deep water culture was pretty new to me. And uh, we came down here, built out this facility, and started going. And uh, we were spaced out, you know, one plant per light. So it was just one plant with a spacing to be able to grow nice and big underneath one thousand watt light. And uh, we were able to train them do a lot of super cropping, trellis work, a lot of attention to detail per plant rather than just a mass canopy. So that just allowed us to get those uh, very dialed out plants. How big was that facility that you were running there? Were you the main master in charge, head grower, whatever you want to call it? I was, yeah. That was uh, just shy of 30,000 square feet. 30,000. Uh, how many employees did you manage there? Um, in the cultivation, 14. And then still through trim, packaging, um, maintenance, everything, probably around 60 employees or so. Gotcha. Was that all hand water? Or did you guys have like a dosatron setup going or how did you sort of uh, irrigate <clears throat> that setup? Yeah, the recircling deep water culture well, system has an epicenter bucket. So that epicenter bucket is where we maintain pH and nutrient levels. So through there, we did all the dosing in that main epicenter bucket and that undercurrent system creates a current that flows at all times and all plants are getting that same nutrient mix. So, so that whole facility was the, the undercurrent system or did you run soil? Yeah. So that facility was built out, um, undercurrent completely. Okay. So we had 10 undercurrent flowering rooms and then a massive bed. Okay, yeah, we were talking about um, nutrients. Sorry, everybody, we got a little bit disconnected there, but we're back. We were talking about nutrients. Um, can you kind of break down what you guys are doing in that facility as far as nutrients? Yeah, I mean, we were using cultured solutions nutrients, which is by current culture, uh, the undercurrent system that we were using. And uh, start with a baseline recipe based off their recommendations and then tweak it to uh, strains dietary needs. 
Um, we try to lump similar strains together in the uh, system so they could, you know, feed the same. And uh, just took a few cycles and trials and mixing around different strains, and then um, pretty quick and easy to start figuring stuff out there. But yeah, just going into rooms, looking at plants, seeing what they need that day, looking at PPM levels, um, looking at PPM drops overnight, seeing how much they're eating in a 24-hour period, and then uh, just bumping up levels and kind of watching them day by day. Very responsive in the deep water culture system, so you can really uh, see errors or see corrections pretty quickly there. So really is, cool system. Is that your favorite way to grow, the deep water? Honestly. It was a lot of stress, way more stress than the other system. <laughs> gotcha. Um, yeah, really, really cool. Um, the growth rates were insane. I mean, vegetative growth rates were unmatched. I mean, stem sizes, I mean, two, three inches of growth sometimes overnight. And uh, really cool system, really easy to grow with low man hours. But uh, just a lot of risk involved and a lot of... Uh, worry that if something goes wrong it can be massive catastrophe so gotcha um strains specific strains that you like to grow there or stuff that you really enjoyed yeah i mean there are some that i've held on to over the years that i've really liked um crunch berries from exotic genetics was one that i held on to for a while um one of my favorite smokes and favorite to grow too um but I don't know, held on to a couple different cookies cuts, some different OGs. Um, I don't know, I like growing a lot of new strains. So for me, I don't try to hoard too many strains or get attached to them because if I need to bring in new strains, I gotta make do with getting rid of some old ones, you know? Definitely. Um, what about yield? What, did you have like a, a standard yield for one plant per light that you were targeting for? Or was it strain specific or uh, did you have, I know those buckets crush, but uh, would you have a max yield you want to talk about there or anything you crushed? Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of times we hit over three pounds of plant, but uh, very strain specific. So a lot of those plants were you know, around a pound or so, but uh, two pounds was general average. And then sometimes we had some pretty heavy hitters. So Yeah, that's definitely pretty good. Um, <laughs> as far as that facility, um, I guess what I'm kind of getting at is like how much did you guys grow versus like wholesale or process into hash or something else? Did you grow just for your facility? Or did you guys wholesale also? Yeah, we wholesaled a lot. We partnered with a lot of extract brands too. So we divvied up a lot of our product in different ways. Um, with weekly harvest and those massive rooms, we extracted a lot of it, sent a lot to other extract companies and then trimmed all the uh, top flower for our brand and wholesale some of it as well. Good. I remember specifically, I'm jumping around a little bit, but I remember specifically you posted a long time ago, probably the prettiest picture of Bruce Banner I've ever seen. And that's sort of what attracted me to fanboying out on you. Um, do you remember that plant? And do you remember what you did to grow it to get that with nutrient wise or how you grew it? And uh, did it taste as good as it looked? Yeah, that was the best, honestly, the best Bruce Banner I've grown. Um, we grew it there for a few years. I was at the facility in Flagstaff, and uh, when I got there, they had that strain and uh, grew it there for years. And um, that round, though, we were trying out some new LED lights that had different spectral tuning options. So I was able to play around with spectrum a little bit and nutrients and just brought out some crazy colors and a lot of strains. So. 
Yeah, that's what one. I was actually going to ask you about is because I saw you get into the LED kick pretty early, and um, <clears throat> I guess you guys were early adapters on the LED phase, but I was going to say, what's your opinion on the LEDs? I've seen you pretty much crush based on picture-wise, but was it a learning curve? Is, was it a, something that you recommend or no? Yeah, I mean, in the early stages, there were a lot of LED lights that you know worked but weren't uh, you know, high-intensity discharge replacements, so... Um, took a lot of trial, a lot of testing out different lights, um, you know, almost to the point I was just tired of hearing it. So I've been like, just try out this light. It's the, the future. It's, you know, the, the thousand watt replacer, blah, blah, blah. So, but anytime I could, I always try to mess around with it, try a new light because, you know, I wasn't willing to just, you know, deny it and say that LED was never going to work. So I was always wanting new technology to work. So. I think now there are some good lights out there. There are some pretty good brands that would be worth um, going with. But uh, that last facility, this went all HPS. So unfortunately, I didn't have too much LED experience there. Um, but I really think that there are some good brands out there. I mean, from you know, Spectra to Lux to Think Grow, and uh, you know, Hortolux's brand is good too. Um, and a lot of the cheaper brands too. They've just gotten better over time. So. I think that we're pretty close to seeing LEDs be uh, the next thing that people go with in their new facility. I mean, building a new facility with 1,000-watt HPS almost doesn't make sense. Sure, sure. Um, you mentioned California getting some of your cuts there. Do you have any roots going back to – because you, you got good cuts early on. So do you have any roots going back to, back to California? Not really. I mean, uh, they were mostly just small-time growers um, who collected a lot of good cuts. I uh, don't have a whole lot of connections or roots in California. I was just stayed in Arizona most of my life. Gotcha. Uh, Talk to me about Arizona heat. Like, it's so fucking hot. I've only been there a few times. been to Sedona a couple times, you know, the vortex areas and stuff. And uh, I don't know. Every time I went there, I was like, this is like Las Vegas-style heat. Like, the, the concrete's, like, kind of melting. you got to yeah. be using, like, massive AC loads. I can only imagine. So uh, talk to me a little bit about AC and Arizona and how you grow weed in the desert. I mean, it's tough. I mean, half the year you have some really good weather and then uh, it starts to get pretty damn hot up to the 100 degrees or so come mm, today right now. And, uh, usually doesn't drop below 100 until September, October. But July, August, where it's 110 plus, those are those hard times. Your equipment's really strained. You better hope that you're over insulated. I hope you have really good facility air conditioning and then you need to make sure that you're you know, over uh, your overage on AC is in the right place because your rooms, your building will get hot and your rooms will get warmer than you thought they would, even if you're spec'd out properly. So it's just uh, ample air conditioning and as long as you have a good insulated building, you can get through the summers pretty good. Have you tried outside at all in uh, Arizona? Is I'm not even sure if that's a thing, but are people successful doing outdoor crops in Arizona? I mean, I'm sure there are some strains that would do good in Phoenix, um, but uh, a lot of people grow in northern Arizona, Sedona areas, um, more like the three, four, five thousand foot elevation. But uh, I'm sure now that it went recreation illegal, you'll see some people try to grow some plants in their backyard. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> nice. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't there some weird rule in Arizona where you're you couldn't grow at home if you lived a certain distance from a dispensary and um, it maybe it got repealed with wreck, but I thought that they had some sort of weird ban on home grows in Arizona. Is that a thing that you recall? 
Yeah, so when it was under the medical program, if you lived within 25 miles of a dispensary, you were not allowed to grow for yourself. It's a weird rule. Yeah. Um, Vegas actually has that rule in their medical program and in their recreational program. Huh. Was uh, Arizona... there... Sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, go ahead. I said Arizona didn't write it into their rec program, so you're allowed to grow six plants at home per adult. So, How is the industry in Arizona? Was it moratorium early on? Um, I just don't know a whole lot about it. Did it go kind of crazy with licenses, or were the licenses super expensive? Can you kind of explain the license process? Have you been an owner, or always just sort of been a grunt working for these guys? Yeah, and just always been a grunt grower working for these guys. So. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, the licenses were limited. It was, I think, what I said, one medical license per 10 pharmacies in a certain area code or something like that. So the licenses were limited, and once they were all scooped up, they just became more expensive to buy from somebody else until uh, rec started getting on the ballot, and then trying to purchase a license from an active dispensary became like a $10 million ticket. Yeah. So uh, it's a very limited pool of licenses available so Got, do you have any idea how many uh, licenses and grows there are in the state off the top of your head like 126 or so okay yeah it's interesting it's an interesting way they set it up because it seems like if you got in early you spent all that money they sort of just built in this little protected empire that uh yeah is your pound price is similar to vegas where the wholesale is capped at a certain price point or can the wholesale go anywhere no, um, I've never seen a cap. It got pretty low for a while, and then when demand started increasing, um, prices started going up again, but I don't think there was a written-in cap or a set price for wholesale now. Okay, interesting. So talk to me about the future. Obviously, I don't know how much you want to go into detail, but you are I think you're currently a free agent. Did you get hired back on? Are you going to start your own thing? But I saw you sort of left your previous company, and uh, yeah. you're a man on the, on the prowl right now for... Some sort of yeah, job. Yeah, market. So I'm a free agent currently. Um, just weighing some options, meeting with people, you know, just seeing what's out there, seeing what's available, trying to uh, see what the next step is for me, honestly. I've been doing a little bit of breeding on the side, so I may try to release some seeds and focus on that a little bit. But really, uh, you know, running a facility, running a garden, running a... Uh, running an operation is what I do. So sure. what I'm looking for, I'm just looking for good people to get on board with and uh, being kind of picky this time. So, Well, anybody watching, I'll tell you right now, that this dude probably grows the best fucking weed I've ever seen on the internet. I haven't smoked it, so I'm not going to bullshit you, but holy shit, man. Uh, you should probably hire this guy. I don't know if you can afford him, but yeah. Are you, are you willing to leave Arizona or are you uh, pretty pretty locked in with the kids and everything? No, no kids, just my wife oh, and I. No we are able to move. Um, would love to stay in Arizona, honestly, but we are open to uh, opportunities. So we're just open to the next big thing. We'll see what happens. As far as the breeding goes, I certainly think you should do it, dude. I, I saw you create an Instagram for your breeding stuff. Um, if you, When you get time to release stuff, I'm sure that people will be clamoring for them. I think the best breeders are people who have the most experience kind of in cannabis and seeing all the different selections and you've been through tons of strains, you know the best selections out there and if you were to start making your favorite selections, 
I would be very interested to see what you would cook up. So uh, have you made any strains as of now, or what's what's on the horizon as far as that? Is something you're just sticking the toe in, or are you going to go full steam? I've uh, Over the years, I've made a couple of different crosses, so just uh, some strains that I've collected and held on to, and then pop a pack of seeds that I thought a male was a good pairing, and then hunt a good male, and then... Uh, made a couple of creations, but I haven't really gone full steam on that yet, but probably, I don't know, my wife and I probably created a dozen different strains now. Anything specific that you want to, any specific strain you want to talk about, or you just want to kind of keep it vague so people, uh, when you drop, uh, they come looking, or is there one in there that you're real proud of, something that you're like, damn, this is fucking good? Um, honestly, there's a couple in there I'm pretty proud of. Um, the first one I started with was uh, the male I used was Fire Alien Coach from OG Rascal, who I've, I've respected for a long time. <clears throat> and uh, really loved the Fire OG. It was one of my favorite OGs for a while. And then seeing that cross in some different strains was heavy on my interest. So held on to a pack of Fire Alien Coach for a long time and then decided to germinate them. Um, got a male out of that pack. Uh, some really colorful pink expressions on his pollen sacks and flowers so decided to breed with him since i'm a color fanatic and uh i hit my crunch berries i hit a couple different phenos of mac i hit uh, mandarin cookies i hit oh, a couple different strains there. but uh the fire alien kush and the crunch berries are probably one of my favorites right now so that one i'm probably going to pop some seeds and look to run that line a little bit further excellent um yeah man like i say i'm i'm ready i'm drooling already just hearing you talk about it i think people would be very interested even in limited drops so uh if you ever have the need or you ever want to uh i certainly think people will be ready for it or excited about it but um uh i don't know i think i'll change the topic to one of my final questions actually which is bonsai i've seen you um seen your instagram and folks i'll put some pictures up on the screen here but uh seen your instagram and dude you have a bonsai tech i've seen it done before but you have a bonsai tech that's just like it's fucking cool man the way that you spiral those plants you keep them real short uh you want to talk any first of all what's the benefit of doing a bonsai why do you do the bonsais and uh yeah how's the yield on those guys only flowered out a couple of them so yield wise um probably no benefit in doing the bonsai versus growing it out in the normal square footage but uh, to me it was just a way to slow down and appreciate the plant and focus on one plant for a long time sure um, the health of one plant watching it grow manipulating it and uh just start playing around it was one of those things that i could just with everything going on and the thousands of plants around i could always walk around to that plant and like be solid there for a few minutes, play around there, you know, manipulate maybe for 10 minutes or so and then go on about my day. So it was just a beauty of keeping that one plant around just like a long relationship with that. Were you little trimming plant. back the roots as you were doing it? I've seen it done in the past where the guys will literally take it out of the pot, trim the roots back very carefully and then sort of repot it and let it go. Or what is your tech on the bonsai? Yeah, I would usually start it off in like a half gallon pot grow it to a pretty decent uh, root mass and then transplant into like a short um, wide saucer style pot 
and then I would let it grow from there a bit. And then periodically, once it filled the entire diameter of that saucer, I would lift it out and probably cut, I don't know, four inches or so away from the edges in a nice square. And then put some new soil in there around and set it back in. The root pruning wasn't as uh, oftenly necessary when I was doing a lot of the uh, manipulating up top. So it was root pruning and then recovery and then a few weeks of either bending tops or removing big leaves and then training the roots and then training the stem. If I was damaging the stem or bending the stem or cutting the stem to try to make it look a little more woody or knotted, um, I'll do it in stages. I usually wouldn't uh, do any stress to the plant root and top of the plant at the same time. Got you. Um, did you weave or was that just more of like a circular flow that you had kind of going with the, with your tops as you created your bonsai? I would usually weave two or three of them together, you know, depending on how close the tops were. I would uh, weave them in uh, usually pretty loosely so they didn't constrict each other and then lay them down and then give them a week or so to come back up a nice crown of tops and then find that point and start on one and just mow right around the whole pot and mow it down again. It's very cool. I mean, I could see it being a really cool application too for like shelf growing. That's the way I first saw it was people used to bonsai for mothers so they could get a lot of snips, but yet mm -hmm. keep it on a shelf under like one foot light in the closet, you know, like one foot away from the light in the shelf in the closet. So it has its places. Yeah. Do you generally take cuts off them or mom them? Or is it again, more of sort of an aesthetically pleasing thing for you to do? And it's just your happy place? Yeah, that was it. More just aesthetically pleasing for, for fun, my happy place. But I mean, before... I would do another bending on the plant towards the end. There were probably 30 cuts I could take off that small plant, all the same height, same uh, spot in the canopy. So I guess if you wanted to bonsai train a plant to keep around for a miniature um, clone stock mother, you could easily do it that way. Yeah. Hmm. Well, let me ask you since we're, before we get out of here, since we have such a good grower on the program, um, what's your number one tip for best yield? Number one best tip, <laughs> attention to detail. I, would say, I don't know, attention to detail. Um, was that, was and, specifically the yield, I was gonna ask you my next question. What's the number one tip for like um, flavor, for getting the best flavor of cannabis if you have one or something that springs to mind? To me, it was just having a good microbe life. You know, if you're growing in either cocoa or pro mix, having uh, you know, watering microbes, having a good, uh, um, base of certain organics in the medium as well and then um, i don't know just a healthy plant at the end of the day but uh to me i always got the best flavors when i was growing in either cocoa hybrid or soil so there's always a little bit something to that that i guess can't be explained any tips or tricks on curing larger how big were these rooms when you did this thirty thousand square foot facility how big a harvest at a time did you do and how much did you cut down at once and how did you care for it to get it to, you know, taste good? Uh, these were 72 light rooms and we would take down the whole room in two days. Yep. That's work. Uh, yeah. That's a lot. Of... <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we would, we had good dry rooms. Our dry rooms were in the center of our facility, so they weren't touching the exterior walls and they were insanely insulated. And then they each had their own air conditioner, dehumidifier, um, ample airflow with fans and then carbon filters as well 
and uh, we were able to just set 60 and 60 at first and then play around, drop in humidity a little bit, temperature raised a little bit here in that second week. And we'd usually get about 12, 14 days on a dry. And then from there, we'd bin up on stem. And then uh, about a week later, get into trim and try to get it in airtight containers as soon as it was ready. Is Arizona weed notoriously shitty, kind of like everywhere else? Or, like, I'm talking about dispensaries specifically. Like, is the general dispensary weed kind of suck? Or does it have the Colorado Crunch and it's dry as shit and not cured correctly and pretty much sucky weed? Or would you say Arizona has a pretty good representation? I've never shot at a single Arizona dispensary, so I don't know what the what it's like. What would you say? Yeah, I mean, it's gotten better, but honestly, for a long time... And still there's a lot of places getting away with selling herb at a bad quality and they don't care to do better. I don't know. Don't care to do better or don't know how to do better, but there's just a certain, eh, it sells, it is what it is to a lot of dispensaries. But there are some very good standout brands here who honestly um, grow some really, really good quality that I would say would be on anybody's top shelf. Sure. Caesar, you got anything you want to chime in before we let the man go? Uh, yeah. What would be uh, the pros and cons of uh, doing the bonsai versus like uh, your personal preferences of doing the bonsai? I mean, with the bonsais, I wouldn't use it as my main style of cultivation because uh, things can go wrong, especially when you're wrapping and twisting a plant. Those stems swell over time and they will choke each other. And that plant could just uh, could kill itself. Um but if you're trying to keep a plant around as a mom, um, I would say try not to wrap it too tight. And if you're trying to keep it small and rounding it, don't interweave your branches and just kind of lay them on top of each other. Make sure you don't strap them down too tight. That way they don't choke each other out. Once real, they start to swell, we'll do that. Just real quick, what happened when you flowered it? Were you able to kind of get buds on the top or did it try to throw like buds at the side of the weaves or how did that sort of come out? No, I mean, the one that we flowered out was as big and was only like a maybe a 15% reduction in yield compared to the other plants in this area. Um, she was a little bit shorter, but uh, yeah, I pitched that one. She got pretty big. Interesting. Right on. Well, I do apologize for all of the technical issues we had today, which is not uncommon for us, but today was a particular motherfucker. But I appreciate you hanging with us. I'm going to give you the last word, and I will say, if this dude doesn't have a job by like a month from now at the max, assuming that he wants to take it, then the cannabis industry is fucked. Like, this is a hot commodity, so uh, hire this man. But, uh, yeah, I'll give you the last word, Mr. Crondon. What do you what do you got to say on the way out the door? You know, I just really appreciate you having me on here. I uh, honestly was a little nervous for this. I'm not a screen person or don't show myself very often. I'm usually just buried in the garden with my people, with my plants. And uh, it's just kind of cool to, to see where I've come. And, uh, you know, I've, I've followed you for a long time. I remember when, you know, hearing about Bruce Banner being the first 30% strain and being like, oh my God, I got on this. And, um, so I've seen you out there a lot and, uh, you know, to be here and to be on your show, I just, it's very humbling and I appreciate it greatly. And I'm excited for the future. I'm very grateful for all the people I've met and connections I've made. And, uh, you know, we'll see where things go here, either in Arizona or somewhere else. So just excited. 
Very cool. Thank you for your time. Thanks for the kind words. And uh, I'll try to drag you back out and get you on another show. If you ever come to Colorado, come sit in studio so it's crystal clear. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure the guests will want to have you back at some point. So we'll try to drag you back out. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, coming out of that, that hole of a garden or whatever, getting out of the hole. But uh, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, that's Crondon, everybody. Good talking to you. Later, Thank man. You. Oh man. <laughs> uh yeah, that dude is like a legend and um I'm really honored that he came on our show. So, yeah, shout out to Crondon cuz uh I don't know, I've never actually met him and I didn't realize that he doesn't really come out and show himself that much or whatever, but yeah, that dude could slay YouTube channel, could do whatever he wanted to do. Um all those pictures I posted on there, I showed on the screen. If you're on IG, you missed a shit ton of good pictures. Um, if you were on YouTube or Twitch or everything else, all the pictures you saw on there, that was all from his IG. So you should all definitely go follow this man's IG. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of speechless because that dude is uh, one of the few who I look up to. And uh, when I see his personality, his humbleness, everything else, he's like, that's a... Uh, that's a real one right there. So I don't know. Somebody give that dude a fucking job or better yet. He should probably start his own damn thing. He's boss enough. But, uh, with that said, uh, we're going to do one on the fly. You guys saw this shit <laughs> tied into George Young, but uh, yeah, the uh, you gotta go dipshit of the day on this one. Can of bumps, I don't really even know the company that put it out, I don't even want to plug them or any of that shit. But uh, if you didn't see this, it's certainly not new news. But they basically tried to make THC coke, but it's not coke, it's just supposed to look like coke. You're supposed to blow this shit up your nose. Um, yeah, no, we don't need this shit. Like, this is. Uh, absolutely a step backwards like 10 steps backwards it's not even a good delivery method it's just a dumb fucking idea and um whoever made that i really hope that uh, you think twice before you do some more dumb shit like this but uh they gotta be from florida yeah caesar you got any comments it looks like it's a cali product this is a ca yeah they probably moved to cali from florida but yeah, this is actually real. A lot of people thought this was fake on the internet. It made its rounds on the internet. This is an actual real product. It's called, again, I even hate plugging it. It's called Can of Bumps. And <laughs> the idea is you do bumps of white powder of THC. I don't even understand. It must be it's like isolate. isolate of some sort. But somehow, yeah. Do not get me started. But uh, rest in peace, George Young. Do not do Can of Bumps. We're <laughs> it's no duels coke. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you could boof it, which <laughs> that would be that would be the proper way to do this. To tell you the truth, shooting this shit up your nose would be another fucking stupid idea. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm just gonna slide backwards out of this one because it's real gross. <laughs> All right, we got to give away some shit on the way out since I have a stalemate with Caesar. Uh, free shit. It's free. All right, uh, one more pack of symbiote. Symbiote. Caesar gets mad if I say symbiote. Yes, because that's not what it is. Webster Dictionary says both pronunciations are correct. 
Symbiote, symbiote. Call it whatever the fuck you want. How about that will be the way that you 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 win this one. Uh, Dark Horse Genetics Live at gmail.com. I give away two this time. Um, number 30 and number 60. That way the replay people have a chance. And it's going to be in the subject line, Webster's Dictionary. <laughs> Webster's. Yeah, I know it's symbiote. Don't even try. Symbiote? Symbiote? Symbiote. What do you think in the chat? Symbiote? Symbiote. Right in the I guess you can't really say because it's <laughs> yeah. spelled the same. Tomato or tomato? Tell me in the chat no, right no, now. No, what you're saying isn't the way it's spelled. Okay, well, with that said, we have an ongoing dispute here in the old studio. But uh, that brings us to the end of the show. Yes, we'll make sure it's not a display pack. Uh, Miss Fletcher there. Sorry. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, same bat time, same bat channel. Next week, 7 o'clock. Thanks again, Cron Don. Thanks again for Caesar. Um, all right, we out of here. Peace, everybody. Little power gay fish come sit on my shoulder today. Little gay power fish sit on my shoulder today and make me a fried shrimpy dish with some soy sauce, baby. As the beat drops, super super fries. Super fried egg roll, triple fried fried rice, triple fried rice, baby. Two for one egg roll, super triple fried rice, triple fried rice, baby. Don't forget the soy sauce, chan chan chan. There's my gay fish song, dudes. What? <laughs>